You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome to the Kinnear episode. My name is Jamie Hildreth, the host of this episode, joined by my lovely husband who's making a guest appearance, Colin Hildreth. So I literally hit record and before I could intro this episode, Jamie just jumped in there because she loves to sidetrack our intros. Um, Welcome back to the Oz Network. Uh, We are here to talk about The Commuter, uh, a movie that we saw opening night and it's taken us a week to get down to recording the episode because we've been caught up on Amazing Race, Star Trek Discovery, other things. Um, oh, you didn't groan after you said Star Trek Discovery? No, because it, it kind of got, if people listen to our Star Trek Discovery episodes, it kind of got good this past week. You know, they yeah. brought Michelle Yeoh back for about 30 seconds, so that's enough to make it a recommend. And, um, and you still didn't answer my question. Is she a MILF or a GILF? I, I don't know if she, like, I guess it would depend if she has children. How are we talking about Michelle Yeoh? And we're here to talk about Liam Neeson, somebody who's even better than Michelle Yeoh. Um, I really like his natural accent. Okay, wait, how do we intro the episode before we get into Liam Neeson's accent, okay? Okay, okay, sorry. The Commuter, the latest movie between Liam Neeson and Jean-Colette Sarah. Um, I probably butchered that name, but uh, director who's worked with Liam Neeson many times. We'll cover some of those other movies, too, uh, because some of them may be better than this. But, uh, yeah, it was a fun movie regardless. Uh, my name is Colin, and I walk to work because I can't stand public transportation. And my name is Jamie, and I drive to work because I don't want to walk, because that's too much work. And I don't want to uh, be on public transit, because buses kind of smell like pee most of the time. <laughs> One of my reasons for not taking buses. Um, or, or, or loud, obnoxious people will come up to you and try to talk to you, and you're like, oh, you're weird. Or proposition you to kill people. Or, or that, yeah. Yeah, you know, That's happened to me IDs. a couple of times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, don't tell me if you ever took the deal. Uh, anyways, as I said, Liam Neeson in Jean-Colette Sarah. I think it's Colet. Jean-Colet Sarah. Well, he's Spanish. I don't know if Colet is the way you pronounce that. Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, Mr. Sarah and Mr. Neeson. So they previously collaborated on uh, several movies. Unknown was the first one, which was Liam Neeson's, I guess, first big movie, big action movie he landed after Taken. Uh, then they also did Nonstop and Run All Night. And uh, they're back here with The Commuter. Nonstop is that is that the one where that's we'll get into that story that's how we're okay. gonna start this episode we we teased this before so what was the reason that we saw this on opening night um, and also what's the reason that we have not seen a Liam Neeson movie since the A Team I think in the theater because uh, because because I, you have never let me live it down and you've been talking about it for years yeah you got that right I have here's the thing. Uh, I saw Taken when it first came out. Like, I've always been a huge Liam Neeson fan. You put Liam Neeson in an action movie when he was like 50 or whatever he was, or late 40s maybe at the time, uh, and I was I was so on board with that, and I was so excited, and I loved Taken, and then one day we were looking for something to do, Unknown was out, um, and I thought, well, you know, it's Liam Neeson, it's an action movie, it's worth watching. I watched it, I loved it. You know, then The Grey comes out, watched it, loved it. The A-Team, watched it, loved it. I basically made it a thing. I will see every Liam Neeson movie in the theater because he's just that good. You know, this whole geriaction genre, I mean, I think most people have really just taken to it. You know, Jack Reacher, The Equalizer, John Keanu, Wick. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. yeah, Keanu Reeves isn't the name of the movie. Keanu, John, Reeves, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu well, Reeves. he does them too. Um, th- this geriaction genre is going to... Uh, such a good thing. We we even talked about doing that as part of the Oz Network, a month geriaction genre or something. Did, but did Liam Neeson started Did you this. mention Keanu Reeves? 
I did, oh, okay. um, and you did too. But, I just I just wanted to make sure. Uh, but um, Liam Neeson kind of started this, and I mean, I, I just love Liam Neeson, so I always want to see his movies. Nonstop was, I think, for me, uh, and I didn't see it at the time, but it was the one that, uh, even though I loved Unknown, I loved the Grey, I mean, I, I was seeing those movies because it was Liam Neeson. And nonstop, I'm like, this movie just looks like such a blast. I have to see this. So the movie came out, I think, think on my birthday I'll, I'll actually just confirm the release date here as we're going through this uh, as Jamie's relived me telling this story oh that's right he was Ra's al Ghul too yes he was Jamie he was also Qui-Gon Jinn if you didn't know <laughs> oh yeah did you legitimately just mean oh yeah no no, no I know I knew it but I forgot it okay um so when oh. Nonstop came out uh it had, I guess it had been out a couple of weeks but I was Come holding on, off on watching 2014. it that was like four years ago and yeah only, only now am I redeemed well how many Liam Neeson movies have I been able to see in the theater since then I don't know okay so here's the reason why is you keep delaying me telling the story uh it had been out for a few weeks it was my birthday we went out to eat we were gonna go to a movie after that so we're with several people and it's like oh what movie are we gonna go see and then I'm like, well, you know, I kind of want to see the Liam Neeson movie nonstop. And Jamie's like, what about the Muppets? Because the Muppets Most Wanted came out at that point, which was a sequel to a very good Muppet movie. Uh, I think it was just called The Muppets, the 2011 version. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I guess we can see them. I don't got to mind the Muppets. I guess we could see it. But I'm like, yeah, but you know, I was thinking the, the Liam Neeson movie. You're like, I want to see the Muppets. So several of our friends start going, I was like, well, you know, it's Colin's birthday, so I'm okay with whatever. Just whatever movie you want, Colin, we'll go see that. I'm like, yeah, I really wanted to see nonstop. <laughs> Jamie, no joke, no exaggeration, starts slamming her fists on the table, stomping her feet on the ground, saying, no, Muppets, 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 Muppets. And then I'm like, well, I guess we're seeing the Muppets then. And of course he gave in because he loves me. Well, I just didn't want to deal with the wrath of Jamie throwing a temper tantrum in public. That I didn't get to see my Muppets. Yeah. And no, I don't, I don't. we watched hey, hey, the hey, Muppets. Hold hey, on, let, hold on, hold on. My let, time to speak. I've clarify. been waiting four years for this. Let's clarify. My, I was waiting four years for this. <laughs> we watched the Muppets. And all of us, like there's probably six or seven of us, all of us were like, yeah, that was really bad. <laughs> really disappointing. I, I wanted to clarify that I don't throw uh, tantrums in public. I know how to control myself as a regular <laughs> adult. I just choose to be funny at certain times. But now I feel really dirty because you're sick and diseased and stuff like that. I had that. to cover your mouth so with I could the, finish my story. The, yeah, with a bad cold. And now you got your germs <laughs> all over my mouth. I'm going to get diseased and sick. I'm Blah. not diseased. I have a cold. Ugh. Um, but anyways, that's the story that we've been teasing for a while now. And basically, you know, we got in the car and I'm like, I really wanted to see nonstop. And you threw a temper tantrum on my birthday. And I told her, you owe me. I didn't. I was being funny. It was called comedic timing where I'm, I'm chanting, Muppets, Muppets. Oh, so which is why before we even showed up in front of other people, when you were not trying to be funny, you said, can we go see the Muppet movie? And I'm like, well, what about nonstop? You're like, eh, I'm not really into that. <laughs> Oh, but now it's just, oh, it's just comedic. It was just comedic. Well, because you know. honestly, if you had the choice between nonstop or like Muppets. Nonstop! <laughs> Liam Neeson! And again, I like the Muppets, but this is Liam Neeson on an airplane. I love any type of Muppets. Do you know how excited I got when... Uh, Did you love Muppets Most Wanted? No. Okay. Do you, do you know how excited I got when I heard that they were doing a new thing with the Dark Crystal? I am yeah, so excited But they're excited not Muppets. This is like... It was a bad Muppet movie. It was a really bad Muppet movie. It was. And I know. what happened is we didn't get a chance to see nonstop theaters. 
it came out, I had several opportunities to watch it. I refused to watch it for probably two years because I just held this. I'm like, I'm going to make you pay. I'm going to wait until I want to watch this movie and you're going to watch it with me. And then even after we watched Nonstop, which by the way, Nonstop loved the movie. Like, absolutely love it. One of my favorite action movies, one of my favorite Jerry action films, up there with Jack Reacher 1, John Wick 2, The Equalizer. Um, But you still owed me that Liam Neeson movie in the theater. And every single time Liam Neeson has had a movie come out, I have held you to that all the way up until now. And the reason it was up until now was because I was under the assumption that Liam Neeson had announced this was his final action movie. It's actually another movie he has coming out later this year where he's going to be driving a snowplow, which sounds even better. So I, I, I'm sure I can convince you to see that one. But every Liam Neeson movie after that, I was like, all right, you know what? You owe me uh, Run All Night, Jamie. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, he was Zeus, too. Yeah, that's not really the best thing he ever did. But yes, he was Zeus. Um, but yeah, Run All Night, The Other Taken. Oh, I want to see this one. I haven't seen that one. Daddy's I like the, Home? Yeah, I like the first one. I think he says he, he does a voice in that, so um, we'll hold out. But anyways, uh, yeah, so we did see this finally. And now that we've told that nine-minute-long story uh. on why you owed me the commuter for your temper tantrum on my birthday... You keep making did... it sound like that. I wasn't it like was, that. Was it on my birthday? Yes. Was it a slam your fist on the table... Stomp your feet, go Muppets, Muppets. Yeah, but that's that's like the same thing people do when Did they're... you want to see nonstop? Okay, listen, that's... Did same... you want to see nonstop? That's the same thing that people do when they're like, you know, do, they have their fork and knife and they're like, food, 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 food. So if Casper did that tomorrow, you'd be like, oh, Casper, your comedic timing is brilliant. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. So funny, just like his mother. You didn't want to see nonstop. You want to see the Muppets. It was my birthday. Everybody else was on board with whatever I wanted and you got your way yeah and you owed me for the last four years yeah and now you can finally stop talking about it debt is paid every listener out there hundreds or thousands of people now know about it uh-huh. um 10 minute long story done what did you think of no, the, i was about to say non-stop what did you think of the commuter good good that's all episode over jamie <laughs> thought it was good <laughs> no, I'm just, we actually we've waited I, I'm, a, I'm just a, joking we've waited eight days now to talk about this movie yeah no i'm, I'm just joking uh actually I, it was really good i um obviously love liam neeson in it but i'm a really big f- fan of that other lady vera what's her Formiga? is that how, okay. yeah from the, the bates same, motel yeah and i know her from bates motel and I, I just, I love her so much from that. So to see her in another role where she's kind of like this, you know, scumbag, it's, uh, she, she's perfect for it. She's so yeah. good at it. Yeah, it's it's weird because um, I wasn't really a big fan of hers until Bates Motel. And it's funny, we're talking about her before we're talking about Liam Neeson, but the Liam Neeson love is still to come. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of hers. She was nominated for an Oscar for The Departed, I believe it was. Uh, I could confirm that, but... Um, I know she was in The Departed. I know she was nominated for The Departed. But, uh, she's, she's pretty hot. It's just, I mean, as she gets older, I, I didn't care for her. No, you know. I know. I saw pictures from when she was younger. Like, now that she's older, she looks hot. Yeah, like Bates Motel. I'd, I'd, I'd be down for Norma Bates. <laughs> you know, up until she goes nuts and kills herself or me. Or Bates I and find Bre- out it's actually her son in Instead drag. Of, Who knows? <laughs> uh, breakfast in bed, Bates in bed. Yeah, maybe. But anyways, <laughs> it is funny because she has a small role in this movie. Um, so she was nominated for The Departed. 
I think she was nominated again for Up in the Air with George Clooney. Didn't really get the big deal about her in either of those movies. It wasn't until Bates Motel, and probably not till like maybe the third or fourth season of Bates Motel, where I really got how good she was. And that was the other thing when this. Oh yeah, and The Conjuring. That was the thing that you're you're probably more oh, familiar yeah. with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a really good movie too. So I. I kind of, I think, as most people, had the impression that she was going to be a bigger part of this movie. And that's not in any knock against the role she has in the movie. Uh, this movie is, you know, 100% Liam Neeson all the time. Like, he's on screen every minute of this movie, I think. And for the most part, the other main characters you get are the other passengers on the train. What you see in the trailer is basically what she gets and then a few phone conversations with him. And then maybe one more scene later in the movie. But it's almost like a cameo. But it's a very effective cameo. And... I think, just like as you said, this really sinister woman, you don't really know what her motives are. Like, she's very charming. It, it, you get the whole reason why he's going with this because she can engage him in a conversation. You know, she can sell him on this this intriguing idea and then suddenly she becomes really sinister and you don't know why. And that's kind of the whole premise of the movie is you, you don't really find out till much later in the movie what the big deal is with her. But I was surprised that it was such a small role for her, but not disappointed because the time she has on screen is probably a good solid 10 minute scene. Any other characters that uh, stood out for you? Because again, I think this is mostly Liam Neeson. We'll talk about the train passengers, but I guess the other ones on the side um, and actors that I probably knew were in the movie, but because Liam Neeson's in it, I just get distracted and I don't bother to think, you know, who else could be in a Liam Neeson movie. Sam Neill, Alan Grant from Jurassic Park. Like, oh, who doesn't love Sam Neill? And I didn't realize he was in this movie. Again, kind of a small role. He has, you know, Maybe a scene at the beginning of the movie, and then most of his stuff is probably closer to the end. Uh, my mom was in love with Sam Neill. Like, totally in love with Sam Neill. You saw it. Yeah, is, I was... Is, well, is he Australian? Is he Australian? Um, yeah, he's born in Ireland. Uh, New Zealand. I guess he was born in Ireland, raised in New Zealand. Isn't New Zealand Australia? No, it's not. <laughs> ben will love that. No. <laughs> New Zealand, Australia. Pretty much the same thing. Okay, well, a lot of Hawkeyes come from both of those locations. Okay, yeah, like Ben and Noah and Nick, right? <laughs> mm, that's weird. Those Canadians, guys are your Canadians over Australians and New Zealanders. I was talking more about like Hugh Jackman. Well, I'm sorry I don't compare to Hugh Jackman, Jamie. <laughs> no, I'm saying for... Or a, Sam Neill. I'm saying Australians, because you're, you're mentioning Ben and Noah, and I'm like, no. I was, I was kinda... implying I must be better than any Australian or New Zealander well, out well, there. You're, but you're, you're the best in the whole world. That's okay. You don't compare to Rihanna, so... <laughs> so <we> both... Ah! <laughs> Uppercut. Okay. <laughs> um, I just told you, you're the best in the whole world. Sam Neill, small role, but it's fun when he pops up in anything. Uh, the one you were excited about as soon as he came on screen was Patrick Wilson. So here's yeah, where the episode he's stops. Hot. And what, where is he from? Well, you know him from the Phantom of the Opera, no, Insidious. No no, 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 but where is he born? Oh, he's American. Yeah, Virginia. Um, he's hot. Norfolk, that's what he, Virginia. That's what he is. So yeah, the, he was also in The Conjuring with Vera Farmiga, which I, I didn't even make that connection. I knew that. Uh, Watchmen, Insidious, Phantom of the Opera is the big one, uh, and the TV show Fargo, which I loved him on the TV show Fargo. He's one of these actors that I think... I have this unusual love for the movie Phantom of the Opera. He's so good. Well, I don't think he's the best in that movie, but he's he's kind of one of these likable, bland actors. You know, he pops but, up in a lot of things. But he's just so there's genuine. Nothing, there's nothing extraordinary about him. And here's the weird thing. Because, again, another thing I didn't make a connection of is he played the villain in the A-Team. And I oh. knew he was the villain in the A-Team. And Prometheus, yeah, oh. that's, a, that's a small cameo in Prometheus. But most of the movies he made post-Phantom of the Opera... 
um, kind of bland in them. Oh, that's right. He was in Hard Candy. That was a good movie. I liked it. I didn't see it. But anyways, back to what I was saying. He was the villain in the A-Team. Um, he was married to Vera Farmiga in um, um, Conjuring. So I guess lots of connections with him. But it wasn't until the A-Team. And, and again, I didn't mind him in Watchmen. But he was playing the bland character of even Watchmen. And when uh, A-Team came out, I thought, that's so weird. Patrick Wilson, this kind of likable, bland guy from Phantom of the Opera, is the villain. And he was so sleazy and so good in the A-Team. And anybody who just doesn't get what's the big deal about Patrick Wilson, watch the A-Team. Like, he is so entertaining, that movie. And you probably forget it, because you were distracted by Bradley Cooper with his shirt off. Yes. Uh, the the another, A-Team, there's another, a movie. Another one I like. Yeah, there's a movie that, you know, we got to watch again. Um, underrated movie. But, um, yeah, he's so good in that. So I think slowly I've appreciated him more and more for his acting ability. The TV show Fargo, I think, is uh, the best thing he's ever done. Uh, Here he's kind of Patrick Wilson. He's, you know, bland, handsome, you know, former partner of Liam Neeson. We should say, this is spoiler-free, but one thing, I don't think it's given away in the trailers, but you learn it so early in the morning and you kind of have to know that. uh, So so early in the movie, you kind of have to know this to understand, you know, anything else that we're going to talk about here. Liam Neeson's character is a former police officer and they never really get into why he left. I think they do touch on it late in the movie, but you just sort of are left. It's mysterious, you know, why he left and Patrick Wilson's his former partner. So he's kind of this connection on the outside. He's trying to use, you know, as the situation's going on on the train, but Patrick Wilson, I wasn't like overly wild with him in this movie. I don't think anybody was like overly impressive, but still I'm a fan of his. and I think people need to give him a chance. Give Patrick Wilson a chance. And he's so good in all the roles that he plays. Like he's able to be, you know, super likable, genuine, nice guy and everything. And then he can be like just despicable. Like he has so many Mm -hmm. sides of all the characters that he plays. He is such a good actor and he's really hot. And he's going to be playing the villain in uh, Aquaman next year. And he's really hot. So him versus Jason Momoa. Are you excited for the shirtless battle of Patrick Wilson and Jason Momoa? You know what? I didn't know anything about this Jason Momoa until I saw the movie. And I'm like, okay, I'm a fan. Um, Willem Dafoe is also going to be in Aquaman. Dolph Lundgren is in Aquaman. Do we want to see a Dolph Lundgren fight? Nereus, king of the undersea, blah, blah, blah. Something or other. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Wilson also did the voice of the President of the United States in Batman vs. Superman. That's kind of cool. So the President of the United States is actually the Ocean Master. That's what we've learned here today. Anyway, so that's kind of rounding out the, I guess, side cast of this movie. Most of it's Liam Neeson on a train. And if you see the trailer, you get 90% of this movie. But the one thing I want to say that I liked in this movie, without giving too much away about my opinion, is the movie's kind of made up of these little segments. And every maybe five ten minutes or so it just sort of resets and it becomes you have a guy on a train who's inadvertently accepted this proposal where he has to identify a person which is ultimately going to lead to their death you know how does he identify this person that's where his police skills really become important in this movie because each five to ten minutes just becomes like a clever segment of oh how is he going to get out of this situation if somebody's suspicious of him how is he going to identify this person you you, this is kind of like murder on the orient express you know as like a cheesy 90s action movie because it is just all these quirky characters on a train and you have to learn which one of these is the suspicious you know person that he's supposed to identify that's probably going to die and you just learn the quirks of these characters and how does he get information on these people like you got the one guy who's this really really obnoxious you know rich uh stock trader or whatever um you get this girl who's kind of this goth um 
maybe with a criminal background. You know, there's this weird thing with her and her boyfriend. Um, you get the nurse who's just constantly on her phone. Uh, what other ones am I missing? The guy with the guitar, which I, I knew I recognized him from somewhere. I, you know, uh, still trying to place him, but the guy with the guitar, another thing you don't really get. And uh, There's the guy with the phone that he borrowed. The guy he's wearing a phone of, like, all these characters kind of is like Murder, Murder on the Orient Express, where you just get a lot of, you know, uh, fun character stuff. And most of these are unknown actors that they throw and in there's there. there's so. that, that guy that's a little bit mysterious. He has, like, the... The button-up shirt or whatever that's open. And... <laughs> okay, so there's a guy whose shirt was slightly open, so Jamie noticed, but no, I have no idea no, what you're talking an, about. I'm not saying in that way. It's just an older guy, and he looked like he'd be a bit suspicious, but he's he's not. Mm-hmm. So, and and they he's not. No, no, but they 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 touch on it, and then they resolve pretty quickly that he's not the person he's looking for. Yeah, but this is not the person you're looking for. No. Um, but. Did you like this whole train passenger thing? Like, because we'll say the first hour of the movie is just sort of investigating people on a train. Not a lot of action. And for a movie that's been promoted as a Liam Neeson action movie, it's pretty light on action until you get close to the end. But did you enjoy the train stuff, the, the basic build of these characters? Yeah, that was pretty good. I mean, I I went to go see it because there wasn't any Muppets movie playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, if the Muppets um, commute to... Uh, Shady Acres or what? What was the neighborhood? They keep saying it in this movie about where the last stop is. It was kind oh. of this like you know, it felt like something in the the game of life. You know, one of your retirement states in the game of life. Um, I actually forget what it was called. Yeah, well, it's been eight days. Of course, you forget. Um, but anyways, isn't it like Denver? Denver, yes. <laughs> you just literally pulled out a Cold top Springs. Of your head. Cold Springs. That's right. You probably saw it here. Colorado. I think that's Colorado. I don't think this movie takes place in Colorado, Jamie. No, I think Cold Springs is in Colorado. No, I think that what it's implying is whatever city this takes place in, it is just a neighborhood. You don't have to Google it. I want to see where Cold Springs is. It's a neighborhood. You're going to look up, you know, a half dozen different cities called Cold Springs without realizing. It's New York City. I'm looking at it right now. It says that, you know, it's he's a former New York City police officer. So this is not Colorado. Colorado is nowhere near New York City. That's Cold Spring is New York. So that's what it was. You're the one who said Cold Springs. No, it's Cold Springs. What about Cold Springs? Which one is Cold Springs? Anyway. Is this relevant to the episode? No. All right. So the train stuff, that's some of the stuff I really enjoyed. And it is unfortunate. I did see Murder on the Orient Express. And it's one of the few movies I've seen that I have not been able to. I know there is a Cold Spring Colorado saying they were not in Colorado in this movie. Anyways, it was unfortunate I was never able to get around to recording a Murder on the Orient Express episode, you know, which wasn't a perfect movie, but it was all right. But a lot of similarities with this. Basically, what Commuter is, it is nonstop. And I know this movie's gotten some criticism for just being nonstop on a train, but it is nonstop meets Murder on the Orient Express. And considering so many of these characters on the outside are not that interesting, I liked a lot of these train characters. And I like the way it played out, especially when it got close to the climax, which will, the climax, we can't really give too much away. We'll talk about it separately, but it ends up coming down to this thing. And it's like, you know, he's just eliminating suspects one at a time. Some of them through fighting with them, some of them through, you know, uh, asking these uh, probing questions. And it comes down to this, this one great moment where he's collected all the remaining suspects somehow cleverly in one train car. And he's just throwing things out there, the scenario and that scene just was so good. I mean, as many flaws as there are in this movie, I feel like. I think that there's two scenes that really stand out to me. 
the one scene where he does kind of interrogate everybody, and then the fight scene with the guy with the guitar. There was one thing that stood out to me, and I, I'll be very mysterious about it so I don't give anything away, but this Colin's like, oh, geez, I'm going to have another edit point. No, you won't. Um, there's one, one part where uh, when he's first starting this off, and obviously he doesn't know how serious these people are. I'm talking about Liam Neeson. Oh, like how serious the people on the outside blackmailing him are. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they threaten like, oh, like, you know, this person's going to die now because of what you've done. And I won't say what he did. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they actually show this guy, you know, dying pretty dramatically. And I was like, That's in the trailer. Yeah. That's the moment in the trailer where he goes like, I thought this was a hypothetical thing. And she kind of, you know, uh, has him on the phone at some point. And then she's like, look out your window. And you see them push this guy right into a bus, which... Like, the one thing that, that uh, Jean-Claude Sarah does really well is, like, this suspense and the way that he films action and violence is fantastic. Um, the movie that surprised me the most with him is the one that he made without Liam Neeson uh, two years ago called The Shallows. I don't know how much of that you watched with me. and We watched it recently. I that don't remember. The one with the girl who was surfing and she was stuck on a rock surrounded by sharks for several days with, like, a survival story. Oh, yeah. I only watched, like, a couple minutes of that. Yeah, it was such a good movie. And just the way he handles suspense is so good because he builds suspense. And that's one of the things I said that was so good with this where um, there's not a lot of action until you get close to the end of the movie because he does such a good job of building the suspense. And when the action moments like that come, even if it is just a guy being pushed in front of a train, it really catches you off guard. And the other one would be the fight scene, which we don't want to give too much away, but there's a fight scene that he has which involves a guitar and it's just one of the most clever fights I've ever seen Liam Neeson in. Um, I don't know if this movie, you know, has a lot in common with Taken or even Nonstop as far as the action goes. The plot, definitely similar to Nonstop. But this was like your Taken moment. Where you have to have this great Liam Neeson hand-to-hand combat scene. And that guitar fight, like that, that's, if nothing else, you know, this movie can go in the Liam Neeson Hall of Fame for one of the best fight scenes. Yeah, I don't know. I really liked it. And honestly, I can't believe that he's this old and he's still, you know, doing these type of scenes and, and playing these roles. Mm-hmm. Like, I know he's like a Jerry action star, but seriously, like, how old is this guy? He's, 65. Yeah. Like, honestly, he's he's like retirement age and this guy's kicking butt. Yeah. Uh, like, he was, I think, 57 when Taken really broke through, which is crazy. And I remember at the time taking it here, we'll go on a bit of a backstory as to the whole Jerry action craze and why we need a month of this on the Oz network. Um, but taken, I guess was the first of its kind. Most times before that, if you had an older guy like Jean-Claude Van Damme or Steven Seagal doing an action movie, even Stallone at that point, they were straight to video. And Liam Neeson did this movie taken, uh, which uh, was produced by Luke Besson and uh, written by him and Robert Mark came in who now who I came from the transporter movies and everything. But Liam Neeson assumed this would be a straight-to-video thing. The funny thing is I heard about Taken, and just the idea of Liam Neeson doing a full-fledged action movie, having seen him in kind of semi-action stuff like Star Wars, uh, you know, it was just it was such an interesting idea to me, and I thought the plot sounded amazing. And I was just waiting for this movie for a long time. And I think it came out in 2009 in North America, but a year earlier it had come out overseas, like in France and other parts of the world. And I remember being so excited to see this movie that I downloaded it maybe nine months before it was ever released here in North America. It was one of these movies they just kept delaying over and over again. Like they had no faith in the movie, which is probably why Liam Neeson thought it would be straight to video. And I just, I knew that I wanted to see this properly. I wanted to see this like on a big screen. 
so I waited, and then I remember going opening night, which you and you know uh, my brother's wife, our sister-in-law, uh, were having some type of like girly, you know, Tupperware party. I don't know what what's the modern equivalent of Tupperware parties, like a edible floor arrangement party, something girly like that. And my I brother's know. like, "Oh, I got to get out of the house. You want to go see Taken?" I'm like, "Yes." I had had it on my computer for nine months, but I couldn't bring myself to watch it because I wanted to pay to see it. Was it a purse party? Might have been a purse party. I don't know. It's not relevant. I mean, Liam Neeson doesn't carry purses. I'm, uh, just, I'm just trying to think of what it was. But Taken comes out and becomes this massive hit, and it's such a good movie, and like nobody saw that coming. And it, you know, basically, I love the drama in your voice. No one saw. Nobody it did. Like no one. Well, think not about just no it. One. No one. Go back to 2008 and tell me that you have a 56, 57 year old man doing an action movie you know where his daughter's kidnapped and he goes on this revenge spree and you tell me that's not a direct-to-video or now direct-to-netflix movie no one nobody no one i know i didn't even think it would be a big hit i'm not even sure i thought it would be a great movie but it was uh so he's kind of developed this following and i don't know overall would you say that the commuter fits with these other you know liam neeson like taken unknown um maybe it's similar to unknown in a way in that you don't really get they're all definitely in the same universe for sure well, yes and no, because I feel like nonstop the Takens, A Walk Among the Tombstones, uh, even Run All Night, I feel like those are more hardcore action movies. And I feel like this and Unknown are almost more like he's your average guy, but then you kind of see something extraordinary with him on the end. Um, this is more of a thinking movie. Like, I feel like some people aren't giving it enough credit because the plot is so similar to nonstop. That they're just like, well, this is just a nonstop ripoff. It really isn't. It's I, I feel like in tone and, and the way the movie plays out, it is definitely different from nonstop. Um, we'll get into my issue with this movie in a minute, though, because it sounds like I'm just heaping tons of praise on this thing. Uh, but anything else you want to add up until we get to the climax where kind of they reveal the plot, which we can't spoil, but we can still talk about what happens after that, I guess. Um, the thing is, is with these movies... Um you know, I just wonder to myself, how long is he actually going to be able to keep doing this? And is he going to retire? Because I know that I thought you told me that he retired and then he didn't. He Well, yeah, that was um, back after, uh, I think it was Gunshy. Uh, did you ever see Gunshy? Nope. Okay, never watch it. It's like the worst movie Liam Neeson ever made. Uh, but like he did the Phantom Menace, he did the Haunting, and he was kind of in this phase of doing these big blockbusters and they were making a lot of money and you know he was taken seriously i guess as like a movie star and he just kind of got bored he did this movie gunshy which was very boring and he said uh you know he was going to retire from movies i don't know if it was in between gunshy uh i think it was after gunshy he said i'm retiring and then like a year or two later he said well i'm not going to retire and he did the movie k19 the Widowmaker with harrison ford which is another underrated movie which actually filmed here in manitoba oh cool uh the arctic scenes filmed here and i remember when that was filming i don't think liam Sounds neeson about was right the arctic scenes but like can you imagine they, they filmed it near bozager here in manitoba and it was just one one or two scenes where they uh the submarine kind of you know broke through the ice in the arctic before they did this test and it was the guys out you know running around on the ice and everything and just kind of stretching their legs they filmed it for maybe two weeks here i know harrison ford was here and there were like some harrison ford sightings i don't know if liam neeson was ever here but if if we'd had the chance can you imagine what i would have done if they're like harrison ford and liam neeson are filming an hour and a half from our city here what would i've done you would have drove, driven out there to go see them and i would have dragged you and casper and i would have said you owe me because of nonstop, right nope <laughs> If that ever happens again, we have to go. Uh, but yeah, he sort of came out of retirement around then. And, you know, so it slowly built up. But 
I don't know if it's like the other thing is I was saying that he's going to be done with these action movies. He kind of implied, I thought The Commuter was the last one. It's actually this movie Hard Powder that's coming out later this year uh, where he's going to be, you know, this action star driving a snowplow, which how cool is that? That's pretty cool. I mean, you'd basically sell Liam Neeson movies nowadays by what Liam Neeson is doing in the movie. Liam Neeson's on an airplane. Liam Neeson's on a commuter train. You know, Liam Neeson is driving a snowplow. Like, just put put him on new vehicles every time. But yeah, there's not much more you can do with this guy. I mean, he is 65. I think he could go forever. Some people can. Uh, he's in incredible shape. I mean, the, obviously, we're not getting a lot of like big action stunts in this. Maybe a few where you could tell this very heavily CGI'd. But like the fight scenes, he still holds his own in. Did you like the fight scene with the guitar? Yeah, it was very cool. That was your favorite scene, I could tell. I know, because I keep asking about it, and you just have nothing to add. No, it was good. It was a good movie. There's clever choreography in it. Watch it for that. If you don't want to watch this movie... Wait till you can find a clip on YouTube of the guitar fight scene from The Commuter. It was a very good movie. Um, I, I would buy it. Well, okay, you. you're not, here you are. You're trying to speed up the episodes and I'm take not, control. I'm saying I would buy it for you. You would buy it for me? Yeah. Okay, well, we should also because, say... Because I always buy you Jerry Action movies <laughs> yes. as presents. Yeah, we should also say that maybe J- Jamie's way of making up for the uh, nonstop thing was that for whatever reason on Valentine's Day... She tends to buy me, as a Valentine's Day present, Jerry Action films because I love them. One year it was The Equalizer. <clears throat> Another year it was uh, John Wick. Um, Not this year, though. Something else this year. Well, y- you know how I can figure out presents. You don't say that. I'm going to figure it out. No, you Anyways, can't. my point is... You guys, I want him to guess, and then he won't I'm guess I'm not going to guess. Uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, that's kind of like a Valentine's Day thing, which I would totally watch this movie on Valentine's Day, but... Not getting to your review yet. Let's talk about the climax because this is where my problems come into the movie. So inevitably, when you have a movie like this where it's all about suspense and this twist, you know, what is the reason they're doing this? Who is it they're after? What is the reason they're after? The anticipation gets built up so much that it kind of feels like a letdown when they reveal who these people are he's looking for, who the ones on the outside are, what their purpose is. It's very convoluted. It's very complicated. I don't think I could explain the entire thing now. I can kind of try but it's almost like way too much information suddenly get thrown at you all at once. And that's where the flaw of the movie is because they took so much care in building the first hour, hour and 15 minutes even, of slow building suspense and really letting you enjoy these long moments of interrogation and action and things like that. That when they throw the plot out there, it's like, all right, okay, and this guy, you know, killed himself, and then because of this, there was a lawyer involved, and blah, 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 blah. we're not going to be any spoilers. Yeah, and this is done. Liam Neeson, now you got to jump from a train. You know, that's kind of just how, that literally is how quick it happens. And I spent the rest of the movie just trying to understand what was going on. And when I did understand what was going on, I didn't really care. So without giving away any spoilers, like you already gave away once that I had to edit out of this episode, uh. Uh, did you follow this plot or, you know, were there any issues with you in this, the last half hour of the movie, I guess? There's lots of issues with me. But with this movie, no, you know, I honestly thought that it was put together very smart. Um, I felt that the movie flowed good. I felt like it didn't really have any parts where it dragged. They kept it interesting, even though it was a really simple concept. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it was very put together, and it... I wouldn't say that I would nominate well, nominate him for any award for it, but it was a good movie for what it was. Yeah, but but here's the thing, though. When the whole plot gets revealed later on, like, where were you most interested in this movie? If this movie were on TV 
at what point are you gonna be like, eh, I'm not, I don't care if I'm paying that close attention. Like, could it be on background as you're, you know, changing a diaper or, you know, uh, reading something on your phone because you don't really read books? Wait, what's what's your question oh. about it? Like, at what points in this movie are you like, I'm not that invested in it if it were on TV again? And what points you're like, I gotta watch this? Any point before Patrick Wilson showed up. <laughs> Well, Patrick Wilson's all over the climax of this movie, so you're going to completely disagree with me because the climax of this movie was a mess. Uh, and I enjoyed the movie, but it turns into this... this It goes from the slow-building action movie to this incredibly over-the-top action sequence that came out of like a speed movie that's so over-the-top that it's almost not believable as far as the stunts go in the action. And then there's kind of this this cool little you know standoff thing at the end, uh, which lasts for a lot longer than I thought it did. And it's not that I minded that so much, but again, the plot was just so confusing at that point that I, I almost wish that we could have just had something simpler other than just let's throw a million things out there and confuse the audience as to what's going on. The whole climax, which we can't really give away what happens in it, it is a big action scene. I guess it's a big suspense scene, but it, just, it felt like to me it belonged in a different movie. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't really put that much thought into it. I thought that it fit pretty well, but there's not much that I can talk about it because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. So, I don't know. But Patch Wilson's in it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. He's hot. <laughs> if if I told you we're going to see a movie with Liam Neeson on a train fighting people with guitars and, you know, having to kill people, or I told you we're going to see a movie with Patrick Wilson on a train and nothing really happens, which one are you paying to see? Patrick Wilson. Oh, come on. Oh. At least I know I have eye candy to look at for two hours, well, two plus hours. Liam Neeson's not bad for a 65-year-old man, huh? No, but he's not really my type. Because he, he's 65? Even though he has hair and uh, yeah, blue. Yeah, <laughs> because he's, he's got hair. He's got and blue, I mean brown, blue I mean blue eyes, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a man. But he's your type, right? Blue eyes are my favorite with uh, usually brown hair. I'm not really big fa- fa- the fan of blondes. Um. We're going to do another ranking thing. We do this on the Star Trek episodes, but I feel like I'm going to get a little bit more participation with you on this one. We're going to do separate rankings uh, and then it, tell each other how wrong how they are. Is it how hot guys are? No. Why would I have a ranking on how hot men are? Well, can't you appreciate hotness in any gender or color? I mean, I, I can appreciate whether somebody's, you know, like a, a handsome man, but I'm not going to sit there and rank them. I was like, well, I think Liam Neeson's the most handsome, excuse, followed by Patrick Wilson, me. followed by Sam Neill. My mom would kill me if I didn't say Sam Neill first. That's, that's gendist. It's gendist. Yeah, because you're against the hot guys. Okay, so if I were gay, it would be gendist because I'm against women? <laughs> you're not gay. Jamie, what a double standard. <laughs> I can appreciate hotness in any gender. Yeah, but are you going to sit there and rank? If I give you, you know, rank uh, how hot, I don't know, Vera Farmiga, <laughs> um, who are some other Liam Neeson leading ladies... Uh, that are not Natalie Portman. Heck yeah, I would rank them. Okay, well, we'll save that for another episode. We'll save that for Star Trek Discovery or something, where Tilly comes in last. Um, Come on. Let's just wrap up this movie here. I mean, Commuter overall, I guess it it did good business. It did about the same amount of business that most Liam Neeson action movies do. Uh, Maybe a little bit less than Taken or Unknown or Nonstop, but I guess around like Walk Among the Tombstones and Run All Night. Uh, Overall, though, would you buy this? Your own personal opinion... Not like I would buy this for you, Colin, but would you buy this? Would you rent it? What is your recommendation to people out there like you who are watching this movie? Buy it, rent it, or bin it? 
For me? I would say rent it for me, but I would buy it for you. Okay, good. Um, see, for, in all honesty, because I think there are issues on the, the last act of this movie, as much as I would definitely buy the first two-thirds of it, I would say the last act probably brings us down to a rent, but I would say I would rent this movie, but I would allow you to buy it for me. <laughs> oh, you'd allow me to buy it? Yes, for sure. I would not be disappointed if you bought it for me. Um, and I probably would buy this at the right price anyways. But where does this fit among the Liam Neeson movies? Now, here's the thing. I don't know how many of Liam Neeson's action movies you've watched with me because I feel like I kind of held out for the right one. Even though when Run All Night came out, I said, Jamie, we're going to see Run All Night this weekend. Walk on the Tombstones came out. I said, you're going to see Walk on the Tombstones. Um, the timing wasn't right and it had to be The Commuter. That was the one that eventually worked out for us. Let me just go through the, the Taken trilogy. How much do you remember Taken 1, 2, and 3? Mostly the first one. It was very good. I would rate Taken as better than this movie. Uh, yeah, okay. But I'm just seeing how many... I don't want to do another rankings where I'm like, you know, rank the, the Star Trek doctors and you only remember one of them. And it's not even the one in the episode we just watched. But let's go through these movies and tell me. Nonstop? You remember Nonstop? Yes. Do you remember Unknown? No. Okay. Uh, do you remember Walk Among the Tombstones? I don't think you watched it with me. Run All Night, you didn't watch with me. So we're going to skip Liam Neeson action movies. You can simply say of the three you can remember, because you don't even remember Taken 2 and 3, Taken, Commuter, Nonstop, where would you rank them? I don't really remember Nonstop that much. <laughs> We've talked more about Nonstop in this episode than we have The Commuter. We've at least talked about it more than The Muppets. I can't remember if I liked it more than this one, but Taken's definitely at the top. That's my ranking. Take it or leave it. All right. So Taken and then Commuter. This well, is why let's, I had... Let's, a, let's just say they're at a tie. This is why I had a backup plan. Oh, I should have thrown the gray in there too. You remember the gray, the one with the, the wolves? No, I never watched oh, that with you. Amazing movie. Um, A-Team, we could throw that in there. You remember the A-Team? No. You don't remember even the A-Team. Bradley Cooper with his shirt off too, and you remember nothing else Too distracted by the hotness. Yeah, okay. So here is my backup, Okay. Um, we're going to go with Liam Neeson's sci-fi. Oh, he was good in Lo Love Actually. Well, that's not included in this, but he was my favorite thing in Love Actually. Well, he was Honestly, good in Star he Wars. Was... Well, this is where I'm getting at. Just be patient. Uh, we're going to go with his sci-fi action fantasy stuff, in which I'm really hoping you remember this. So we're going to include Liam Neeson in The Phantom Menace, Liam Neeson in Batman Begins, Liam Neeson in Clash of the Titans oh, or Wrath of the Titans. He was Aslan's voice in Narnia. Fine, let's include that in there. We're, we're talking about Liam Neeson's performance <laughs> as the voice of a tiger. Liam Neeson's performance as Qui-Gon. You don't even have to remember the movie. Just Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon, Liam Neeson as Aslan, Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul, Liam Neeson as Zeus. Ah. Uh, Star Wars? Mm hmm. Um. Trying to remember what the other ones were. <laughs> Aslan, Razal Ghul, Zeus. Oh yeah, Razal Ghul, Aslan, and then Zeus. Yeah, Zeus has to be last. Uh, I also just want to say, you. We kind of joked on the last episode. You said the Phantom Menace is your favorite Star Wars movie, which most people will laugh at. Even though I'm a defender of the Phantom Menace, it's definitely not the best one. But do you know how many people I have heard as we talk about the Last Jedi who will say Phantom Menace is probably better than the Last Jedi, and the main reason they say is because Liam Neeson was good. Darth Maul was good. The pod race was good. It was an amazing movie. What's people's problem? I, I, for, you know, for, for a regular movie, yeah. For a Star Wars movie, it's not my favorite, but I still, I'm a defender of it. I'm just saying, most people are totally behind Liam Neeson in Star Wars, so I'll agree with you on that. I'll do the action one here. So we're going to do the A-Team, 
Um, we're going to do the Taken Trilogy, Unknown, The Grey, Walk Among the Tombstones, uh, Run All Night, Nonstop, and The Commuter. What do I have? Ten movies there? No one's going to remember all those movies, dear. Sure they will. I'll remember them. You insist that... I'm not going to be able to remember these. I've got... We're going to do the rank... Which is why you just backwards. caused yourself to write them all down to rank them. I did no such thing. <laughs> yes, you did, I did you liar. no such thing. Um, I told you anything Jamie about- takes her bra off in the middle of episodes. Yeah, so? Jamie sniffs her bra. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Listen to Star Trek Discovery, you'll hear oh, it Oh, God. <laughs> um, top 10 Liam Neeson movies ranked backwards. Now, I'm going to give my overall review of them backwards as we do this here. 10th place. <laughs> what? I'm just trying to think of what I could tell people that's embarrassing about you. Like, you wear all your underwear until you have, like, gigantic holes. Every guy wears their underwear until they have no, gigantic holes. Like, Liam Neeson has gigantic holes like, in his underwear like in this movie. A baby's head could fit through that hole. It's so bloody big. I guarantee, maybe not in Commuter, because he's very well-dressed. He's a businessman. He's had a bad day. But I guarantee, at least in... Walk Among the Tombstones, or, or definitely in Run All Night, Liam Neeson had holes in like, his underwear. Like, it, mu- it must be a guy thing. Like, honestly, it must be just something where I, being a woman, being the one who's taking care of you, just has to buy you underwear because you simply can't do it yourself. You're just not capable. Every guy has holes in his underwear. <laughs> yeah, okay, but yours aren't just little holes. Like, I could put my whole fist through it, okay? <laughs> like, that's wrong. Um, if, if Liam Neeson's on Twitter, we're going to ask him, do you have holes in your underwear in any movies? Uh, and you know what? I'm sorry. I grew up with seven brothers. There's not much stuff that grosses me out. If you get to know me, you'll understand that there's nothing that I'm really squeamish about. Just like, you know, when I, I just did laundry and so it was all clean. It was clean people. It was not dirty. Clean, right from the dryer, fresh, smells nice. It's clean. And Colin thought it was like so weird and disgusting because all of a sudden I come out of her room running with his <laughs> underwear on my head, just <laughs> making turkey noises. And he's like, oh, that's so gross. Get that off your head. I'm like, well, it's clean. I'll tell you why even washing it does not make it okay to put underwear on your face. If you went to, you like to go to thrift stores and buy like clothes. <laughs> if you went to a thrift store and somebody had underwear there, would you ever even touch it? Well, no, but that's different. They're not my husband. Okay, but they they could be much cleaner than your husband. They probably don't wear their underwear until there's holes in it. That's why they're able to donate it to a thrift store. <laughs> I could see. I could. You just spat on me when you laughed there. Can you wipe my arm? <laughs> because it's so funny. Because I can put your underwear on my head, and not even because of the leg holes, but because your your holes holes. I could have eye holes. <laughs> Every guy has holes in their underwear. Every guy listening. I want know. people to comment on this and tell me if they have gaping holes in their underwear. Yeah. Uh, hashtag how big are your holes? <laughs> <laughs> hashtag how big are your gotch holes? <laughs> um, Liam Neeson movies, top 10, backwards order. Uh, Taken 2, number 10. Uh, I don't think anybody thinks Taken 2 is a great movie. It was kind of rushed. Uh, Luke Bess and Robert Mark came and they said they'd never even had an idea for a sequel in the first place. There's one great sequence in there. I don't know if, if nothing jogs memory. Do you remember the sequence where uh, his daughter he was, getting, was, he was getting tortured and then he's like, to the left, to the left. No, that was Casino Royale. But he was, I think, being tortured or at least he was you know, uh, imprisoned and his daughter was on the roof and he was trying to find out where she was and you know, she was setting off like little bombs or dynamite or stuff like that so that he could hear where it was coming from. It was an amazing scene. 
Yeah, I think I remember that yeah, one. Yeah, that scene is great. And I still like Taken 2. I'll watch if it's on, but it's definitely probably the weakest of Liam Neeson's action movies. Um, what would I put as ninth? Uh, oh, honestly, and again, I enjoyed the movie, but Taken 3, just because there was something kind of missing with it, I don't think that the plot really worked. I think it was the only idea they actually had left. I like Forrest Whitaker. I just don't think everything with the movie worked, but I enjoyed it a lot more than Taken 2. I think Taken 2 is the only one where I would say, yeah, this movie didn't really work all that well. Uh, you're going to hate me for this. 8, I'd probably say The A-Team. And I thought The A-Team was a blast. It is so cartoony. It's so over the top. Uh, I, I just I don't know if it holds up as well. I think that maybe there could have been a little bit more subtlety with the movie, but I, I still love the movie. And I love the whole cast. Not just Liam Neeson. I mean, Charlotte Copley, Bradley Cooper was even good in it. And you know I don't like Bradley Cooper. Uh, Rampage Jackson, Patrick Wilson... Get out of my house! What is that? <laughs> that's your thing that you always. Oh, do. that's right. That came from the Phantom in his video game. That's something that. Get out of my house! That's something that my brother and I would always do growing up because the Phantom in his video game, which is such a fun video game, it just has like free play mode. And when you're wandering around as Qui Gon uh, on Tatooine, you can just wander into people's houses and murder them, you know, slaughter them. And then you wander around the city and they're like, there's some maniac around killing people with a laser sword. But, yeah, there's one guy, you just walk in his house, he goes, get out of my house. <laughs> so get out of my house, Jamie. Um, A-Team is eight. Uh, seven, I'd probably say The Commuter. I think it's a flawed movie, but the fun stuff at the beginning is definitely something that's memorable. Uh, six, I'd probably say Run All Night. And maybe if I rewatch Run All Night, I wouldn't say the same thing, because I can't remember much about the story at all. All I remember is I loved Liam Neeson's character in Run All Night. Uh he was kind of playing like this Irish uh, hitman or leg breaker, really, you know, run down guy, alcoholic and everything. But I mean, I just loved his character. I don't remember anything else of the movie. It probably deserves to be lower, but I'd still put it up here. Uh, top five Liam Neeson movies, backwards order. Uh, Unknown. Ugh, that movie is so ridiculous, but so good. I remember us watching that and just, it's the exact opposite, I think, of the effect of The Commuter, where you know it's such a normal movie and you think he's such a normal guy and then they get to the last act and they just go so over the top that it's brilliant whereas in this i think they go a little bit too over the top and it's not as brilliant uh four ooh, this is a tough one um probably uh, probably walk among the tombstones um which i'm in love with walk among the tombstones it's the most underrated movie liam neeson ever did uh, it's based on a book series, which until I watched the movie, I didn't get how this could have potential for a, you know a series, a trilogy, or whatever it is. But this should be up there with Jack Reacher and everything else. I mean, it's such a good movie. Three, I'm gonna say Taken. I know everybody's gonna hate me for that. I love Taken. Um, I just feel like the top two are even better than that. I mean, everybody loves Taken. Uh, it's a legendary movie. Liam Neeson will probably remember for that more than Star Wars. But my top two. The Grey would be number two, which is a oh, perfect movie, directed by Joe Carnahan, who did The A-Team as well. Um, it's, it's probably the most serious movie Liam Neeson did. I mean, he fights wolves at the end. It's just, it's, it's, it's like the ultimate guy movie. It's guys lost in the wilderness on a crashed airplane with wolves trying to kill them. And then number one, as I said the entire time, nonstop. And this is why this is such a big deal that you made me watch The Muppets on my birthday, because nonstop was... The most entertaining Liam Neeson action movie ever. Sorry, Colin. <laughs> it has taken four years for her to actually say sorry. I just want that to go on record, too. I said sorry already before. No, you didn't. This is the other thing Jamie does. When Jamie apologizes for stuff, she will say, I already said sorry. I'm like, 
You actually haven't. <laughs> this is the first time. I'm sorry. Hey, give me a kiss. No, that's give okay. Me a kiss. No. Give me a kiss. No, because I'm sick and you drool. I don't, no, I don't drool. <laughs> you that. do. You make me sound like I a I don't monster. want you to do give this me, on the air. Give no, me a kiss. No, stop it. No, no. <laughs> I'm going on the air. You spit all over I me. I did not. You spit on me, actually. Control yourself. Jamie, you've had very little to say about the movie this entire time, but you somehow helped to provide us with some best of moments here. Well, that's because I'm so funny. Okay, well, um, and quite uncomfortable at times, too. But uh, thank you for your underwear story, and thank you for stomping your feet years ago well, and I ruining to... my birthday so that we had the experience of seeing the commuter. I can't let you just embarrass me. I have to embarrass you somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and you're clearly not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed because every guy has holes in their underwear. But you're embarrassed to have Superman boxers. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. I'm not embarrassed at all. Yeah, you are. I have multiple pairs of Superman boxers. Yeah, they, but- I wear them as pajamas. See, here's the thing. I never wear boxers out of the house, period. Because I do... I, I wasn't alive at the beginning of the episode. I commute to work. Even when it was like two hours, I would walk two hours to work and walk two hours home, even though I had a car, just because I'm cheap and I didn't want to pay for the gas and I like the exercise of walking and you, you know? like being able to take care of your wife and leave me a car but i want to say people when i mention the superman thing trying to actually make fun of him i do have to say though i bought him all the pairs of superman and he said he has. what's my point is is i don't wear any type of boxers because you know it would be painful for my thighs rubbing together constantly yeah you just so, wear them like pajamas yeah i wear superman boxers pajamas and you know what if there is a pair of rihanna boxers out there feel free to get them for me i will wear them 24 7 oh my gosh okay <laughs> That is it for the commuter. This, this, this is officially gone, you know, down the hole now. <laughs> what episodes do we have coming up, Jamie? More Star Trek Discovery, more Amazing Race with Rossi. Yeah. Uh, this Brawless. Brawless. <laughs> um, I'm you, sure. you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first, folks. Brawless. Brawless with Jamie Hilding, the new podcast coming to the Oz <laughs> Network. Uh, but I know Ben has a couple of... Uh, he's got a lot of interviews going out right now. One lost interview, which I don't know if he's mentioned it, so I won't mention it yet. But a major cast member from at least the first two seasons of Lost. Uh, he does have an interview coming up with, and I can't wait to listen to it. Uh, that That's still a ways away as I'm looking now at the episodes, and maybe I shouldn't have teased it so soon. But he's got some good interviews coming out from Lost, his other shows. Uh, as well, um, uh, Oscar nominations are coming out. I don't know how soon we're going to talk about this. Maybe we'll have a reaction episode to the Oscar nominations. And uh, hopefully we can watch some of these movies that I know will get nominated for Best Picture. Like, I know Ben and I want to watch The Post. We're going to get to all the Best Picture nominees. Even if it's just me, we'll get to all the Best Picture nominees and get through that. And our Olympics month continues. We did talk about I, Tonya, which, Jamie, you were on. Yes. And I I was very entertaining, too. You were very entertaining. Uh, Very entertaining. Listen to our I, Tonya episode. You can hear uh, three Canadians and Ben... Um, disagree about Tanya Harding and it's probably in all honesty one of the most fun episodes we've had partly because we get to talk about the movie with spoilers because if you Everybody go knows into the story if you, if you don't then you know you weren't alive in 1994 or you just lived under a rock or in what are those things called for you know a commuter train no you live underground because of bomb atomic bombs <laughs> a bomb shelter yeah you've been in a bomb shelter for 40 years like blast from the past yeah. also available in our archives on the oz network uh lots of fun episodes to come and we will be covering cool runnings next uh which will be followed by some more winter olympic themed movies but that's it for this week um and the commuter make sure to subscribe to us 
on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, I don't even know if we're on YouTube or not. Uh, Jamie, you don't listen to our episodes, so you wouldn't know. Hey! Name one episode of the Oz Network you've ever listened to, even including the ones you're on. The ones that you told me I have to? You haven't listened to them yet, because one of them was the episode you requested we watch, which was Charmed Random Episode Recap. I'd listen to Sailor Moon. I'm sure you would. Um, you, you, you listen to the best of bits you were in and skip the rest of the show. <laughs> That's because I'm funny. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, until next time, Liam Neeson has hard powder coming out. We could talk about uh, snow plows and Mr. Plow. That's my name. That name again is Mr. Plow. My name is Colin, and my underwear holes are probably only big enough for one fist to fit through, not two. Oh my gosh. And my name is Jamie, and I'm proud to say, as a adult, capable human being, I do not have any holes in my underwear. Thank you, and good night. Where's your bra? What? I took it off. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.